Hello, 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 guys! Welcome to Akash and Friends. This is yet another episode. This week we are now. So I was telling you all how I want to get everybody from what was once SNG. So we are currently <laughs> we are all... from the debris. The yeah. Sabha. <laughs> <laughs> so I am. We are on that path, and now we have come to Kautuk. Now, Abhi Bacha, uh, Varun, or uh, Karan. ठीक है. अभी उसमें से देखते हैं दोनों का किसका time पहले मिलता है. I want to talk to everyone, and the best part is I don't even want to talk about SNG. I just want to yeah. talk about your lives, and then leave it as a thing Correct. for humanity. Ki look at these were the five people who made a thing once, yeah, and then it didn't happen. But this is not about that thing. <laughs> this is just about them. Yeah, and it's amazing how, like, uh, you know, like you were saying that you don't want to talk about SNG. It's amazing how no one does. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> not as not people. It's just <laughs> time has happened. Uh, uh, no, I mean, yeah. I, I personally care because I, I, I have a. I'm invested in all of these things. I don't know how to exercise to explain it. Because, like, you know, it's you know how when, uh, whenever a basketball player or a rapper or you know, like somebody makes it, you know, everyone around them is like, yeah. He made it, and he's from my hood, you know. And I feel like yeah. that about all comedians. Like whenever they make it, wherever they make it, whatever they make it as, I feel like ये ये अपना लड़का देखो अपना लड़का But hey, man, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, no, Pleasure. This is a this is a podcast about you. Okay. So, um, yeah, that's what it is. That's what the, it you is. You know, it it really makes the decision to come on it much easier. <laughs> 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 yeah but because uh, the i think it's uh, what i realized midway through this because we are doing 52 of them if you do something 52 times now you start having realizations right. <laughs> like whether you want to or not and one of the realizations i had is that it's like a meditation for me now right? right like it's doing the same thing over and over again with different people in different settings but the same thing over and over again it's just right. getting to know somebody very intrinsically as much as you can in the given time frame that you can So, Correct. like that, Correct. I'm very Correct. excited because whenever we've had conversations, we've had excellent conversations. Yeah, we never that is end true. Up, yeah, but we never end up hanging out otherwise. That is also true, and yeah. we never end up recording these conversations. So they're always great ideas that disappear with air, like it's just fucking gone. And uh, <laughs> uh, so it's good that this time we've at least got some documentation of. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and now today might be the day that we have a shit conversation. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we've been having shit conversations all along, and when we got record, we realized, oh shit, ये तो ये तो बहुत ही खराब था यार। हाँ, इस अच्छा तो फुके टैक्सी में ही बात कर रहे थे। But we've had great conversations, man. Like the the whole the why liberals never win conversation. You remember mm. that one? Mm-hmm. I remember that one distinctly. Or the time we sat and we talked about the Mumbai sky construction scene while on the ceiling. I remember all these tiny moments. Yeah, you. yeah, uh, yeah. We, and we've been, uh, uh, I mean, like we've been bumping into each other for about seven years, dude. Yeah, that's a lot of time to keep that's bumping. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, seven years is how much? It's a, it's the plausible amount of time in a rom com for us to get married. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they just met for seven years consistently and they got married. No one would be like, no, that's unrealistic. That's absolutely un- like plausible. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't want to marry. <laughs> <laughs> Like for sure, you like you're like Brahmachari for life. No, no, no. Who said anything? Hey, hey, oh, oh, oh. Oh, jada ho gaya, jada ho gaya. Okay, okay. Brahmachari. Just me. Okay, just me. You're rejecting. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is what I meant. 
the the last time i hung out with you properly was when do you remember uh i think was it the indoor gig was that was that the one oh, where fuck we went yeah. the, it was the, the college i think that was what that was yeah, what that it was, was. A, that was not bad at all that was a great gig yeah. and uh, we hung out it was a fun fun time <laughs> Oh, college kids! I get so you know. I never thought I would be nostalgic about dumb college kids. That's true. That's uh, true. And uh, I mean, I, dude, you know something? I did a corporate show recently, hmm. and I cannot tell you how much of just gratefulness was seeping through me because I was like, you know, when you are like in the flow of it and all of that, then of course, corporate shows are always good yeah. for like your bank balance and all that, but. Yeah. uh you know you you look forward to the public shows more but this time i was like oh my god i just cannot wait you give yeah. me a microphone you give me an audience this is the biggest audience i've played to in months <laughs> this is great and it was great so are you still where are you living now are you still in juhu andheri no i'm in uh, jogeshwari now i have oh. uh, i've gone from town to the burbs from lower parel to so, jogeshwari you have settled in ki abhi to screen writer hi banne gaye नहीं नहीं आई आई है सीडियस पार्ट ऑफ बॉम्बे कैन लिव इन एंड हियर आई एम एनी वन फ्रॉम जोगेश्वरी वॉचिंग दिस आई लव द प्लेस इट्स नॉट सीडी एट ऑल ऑफकोर्स इट इज इज इट वेस्ट और ईस्ट इट्स ईस्ट <laughs> it's <clears throat> it's closer uh, to Bombay than it is to anything else. But then that's good. That's closer to home. That's closer to Thane, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, that, yes. Uh, that, you know, I always wondered what it was like for mm. people in Thane growing up, because like you know, talk about a younger brother of a city. Uh, mm. You know, because Mumbai has such a big brother of a city vibe that even Pune is younger brother and Nashik is younger brother. And yeah. all, you know, so Thane yeah. to always gets overlooked. People assume Thane is a suburb. to which you know vehemently they are corrected by me by saying nahi nahi unse to rupya bhi lete hum log shehar aane ka yeah there is a toll booth there yeah. is a proper toll booth and and i'll tell you what uh, that toll booth has been under construction the road over there has been under construction for 9 years dude 9 years <laughs> it you you know it takes you more time to get through that toll booth than it takes you to get to thane so <laughs> that's happened to me though Exactly, dude. The backspace shows. I mean, I don't know if you've done the backspace. I have. Running, but I have. Oh my God, getting there. It's a. You have to plan your day. My biggest like, thing is the bridge. There's this bridge you take, and then you have to take a turn on the bridge to get to backspace. <laughs> and I yeah. always miss that turn on the bridge, and then I go oh, under, 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 under. Yeah, f- from Surat, <laughs> you're back. <laughs> <laughs> What is it like growing up in Thane? Was it a quiet growing up? Like, did you? How was so, it? uh i um it was an interesting uh, thing so what happened was i used to live in lower paril i was a proper bombay kid and mm. i went to like saint mary's icsc so sahil shah is is a is a classmate so we were ah. in saint mary's at the same time the same standard so okay um i was there and then my You're dad got the same got, age as sahil yeah yeah oh it's, it's a sahil's i guess immaturity then Yeah, 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 yeah. It's <laughs> it's fully it's the it's the 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 childish behavior is literally yeah uh, yeah. Uh, why you think he's sixteen? So, <laughs> uh, so and then my dad got posted to Thane. So the whole family, bank job, no? No, no. He was um, he was running this company called J K uh, uh, Helen Curtis, J K Helen Curtis, which was the perfume, the Park Avenue. Oh, okay. Uh, 
the company that makes Park Avenue and stuff. So we moved there and uh, I moved in the most formative years, right? So from the 6th to the 10th, I was in Thane, mm. right? Those are the hardcore mm. puberty years, right? Yeah. So, uh, so for me, it was very interesting because like the, there was a huge culture shift because I moved from like this uh, Catholic school, uh, the St. Mary's High School to Srimati Sulushna Devi Singhanya School. Wow. Right? Uh, like you, like I was doing yoga all of a sudden and shit. So crazy. <laughs> um, and so for that reason, like it was like, I felt that culture shift. I felt like a little bit of like, oh man, where am I? What is happening? All of that stuff. But uh, eventually I I got to know people, made friends and then life got much easier. And life mm-hmm. in Thane was, uh, I would say, you know, the, 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 the one image that sticks in my mind, okay, of the difference between Bombay and Thane. And this is, I'm talking about 2003 uh, to 2006. Yeah. Okay. So this was even before now. Well before how much progress is made now. So the image that sticks in my head is that Bombay was full of cars and Thane was full of two-wheelers. Ah, yeah. yeah. So that kind of tells you what it was like. Like what yeah. the town was like. It was kind of more of a town back then. Yeah. Uh, like everyone got really excited with the malls coming in. It's like, oh, there's a mall. Like we got a, how can we and a McDonald's and a McDonald's is a shop with ACs. <gasps> yeah. So, um, so it was, um, it was nice. Like we had, I, I you know, when I think of like these, um, you know, what this reminds me of my time at least with Like I used to walk to tuitions and shit like that. Which you, unless your tuition is very close to your house in which is yeah. But you know, interestingly, this is one of those things that most Mumbai kids don't have. But I I was very lucky to have because school was walking distance, tuition was walking distance. Yeah. everything in my childhood was walking distance. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice feeling, man. It's a nice feeling. It genuinely is. You you feel this. Uh, uh, how do I put it? There's a sense of. Uh, uh, it's like a, it's it it had this very like homely cozy vibe which is huh. very cool like it was very cool like you knew a lot of people and everyone was like it was a nice communities going on it was fun yeah uh, did your mom also work no she was a she's a she was a stay at home mom so I had the most pampered privileged childhood of all fucking time because plus I'm a, only I'm a child no I'm a guy I'm a only child plus my mom was at home meaning I have I, I joke about this dude like life for me was like magic where <laughs> I used to take off my shirt, put it in a bucket and then within two to three business days, it was back in my cupboard, freshly ironed. <laughs> I was like, how is this happening? It's crazy. You know, it's like you're watching a Hollywood movie and yeah. then when you live life, you're like, shit, now I know how the CGI works. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you have to put the clothes on a line? Yeah. <laughs> to wash them first? You have to wash them? Fucking hell. How old were you when you first used a washing machine? I was... It was an embarrassing age, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very embarrassing age. I mean, like... But you know, it's interesting because the kids who are only kids and are pampered kids tend to not be the awkward kids because they get all this confidence. Right? Yeah, yes and no. Uh, I I mean, I feel like like if you have uh, uh, siblings, I think you also get more socialized because you're constantly interacting with... It depends on what kind of single... Kid childhood yeah, you yeah, had, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if you're, um, if but you, you describe bit, it as a very communal childhood, like in the sense that there were a lot of people around. Correct. Like if you have uh, siblings, you're constantly like talking, chatting. Like they're louder. They know. Like this is the thing I've noticed. Okay, so my wife Siddhi, she uh, had an elder brother, right? So she's amazing at arguments. She's very good at fighting. Yeah. Why? Because she's had practice. 
She's yeah. literally had practice with an elder brother. Yeah. I didn't have that. So I'm I don't know how to diffuse a fight. Like if I'm if mm. there's a fight, then it stays <laughs> until like until it just rots and dies on its own. So ah. she's really good at it. And I envy <laughs> that. So I think there is something to be said that if you have um, siblings, you just uh, have more social interaction and you you tend to be a little more uh if you're a only child and you're slightly introverted, you're into books and stuff, then you might have a serious social uh, and you were up. always into books and stuff. I was always into books and stuff like that. I, and I think I retreated further into the imagination. The, you know, when I moved to Thane, I was like, oh, I'm not making friends here. So let me read books because I think that's, that's at least I'm entertained and it's like, you don't have to, yeah. uh, you know, change your behavior to adapt to it. It's, it's interesting because it feels like after, especially after reading Red Card, yeah. it feels like your childhood was books and football. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Football, dude. Football really changed my fucking life because it genuinely did. And I think, uh, like, sports is uh, like you, you know, people force kids to play sports for socializing, and it fucking works. It really mm-hmm. does. Like, there's no lie in that. It really, really helps. And I think, like, uh, it fully changed my life because it it helps you make. You know, one other thing about amazing thing about football is that it's. There is, it's a universal language, right? Sports is a universal language. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need to know anything else. So you can go to any part of the world and if someone's playing football, you can just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you just, yeah, you, you just playing. play. Not the same with cricket, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly more difficult with the, the sport of cricket. I have tried. Uh, yeah, you have to have equipment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, especially when they're already playing football and you bring a bat. <laughs> they're like, why? Why are you ruining this for us? Yeah, I, I never understood football. I never got into it. My elder brother vanished through my formative years because he went abroad to study. Oh, okay. okay. Um, uh, so, How I, much of a gap do you have? Seven years. Oh, that's a long gap. Yeah, and we were born on the same day. Wow, we. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's very very disturbing Fucking and crazy, surprising, crazy. Huh? Uh, so, but but I mean, you know, I, I didn't have that. Uh, uh, and my school, me, kaisa tha? There were nobody really watched. Like only the cool kids watch football. Mm, mm, the rich mm. cool kids watch football. Everybody mm. else was a cricket person. Correct. Uh, Correct. So then it became like an ego thing. Ki like, oh, what is this? And and then after a while, I realized it's not really a sport. Also, uh, so <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pray tell more. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but did you did you play a lot of football or did you just watch a lot of football? No, no, I, I fully played. So and the reason I got into football was extremely shady. So the reason was that uh, I had a crush on this girl in school. Love it. And she liked football. So like so, a lot I'm seeing a lot of the book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, you think I have creativity. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, because she uh, liked uh, football and Asana in particular, and this is the thing, right? When you're like 13, your brain works in the <laughs> strangest way, and it's worst way. And yeah, and and to your mind, it's the only way. <laughs> so I'm like, if she likes football, I have to become a footballer. <laughs> Otherwise, she'll never like me. Yeah. It's not like you can also like football and start a conversation. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Or or that, hey, just because she happens, that's one part of her life and you can, you know, talk to her about anything else. 
and be fine but i was like no i must become no. a footballer it's it's interesting because i have a feeling you would have tried becoming a football first if you had the option yeah. <laughs> like your 13 year old brain she like football i am football <laughs> i just need to put on some more uh, so i i uh, so i i said fuck it this is the only way to impress her i must yeah. do it so and i was by the till then i was a cricket fan for real right i was um, so which is what sometimes surprises the the boys at xng ki yaar tere ko thoda kaise aata hai aur fir baki ka nahi aata like xng yeah so yeah you your your portion of cricket i have noticed it stops yeah. after a while i'm assuming it's vice versa for football also it just starts very randomly it starts but then think about football that that happened was i i i got into it because of this girl but then eventually like you know i uh, it's like it's like with any friendship right like it starts randomly but then it becomes yeah, a real part of, of your the, life right yeah. so it was like that that it started with this totally random reason but now it's a significant part of my uh, like personality yeah. almost you would say uh, an interest yeah. so Uh, and then after that, obviously, you you start like um, you know reading up on things on your own, and you're trying to. Figure, and so now I have like an understanding of football that's uh, far deeper than my cricketing knowledge. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was. It started with that, so it was a very strange fucking thing. And it it. it <laughs> I don't know if I was successful also, but I did play for my school team. Oh, uh, that's good I mean, enough. You played representational football. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I went for like tournaments and I had a jersey with my name on it. So, uh, uh, I think that that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. What what is it? I mean, I don't know. I just it was so weird to me. Like you know, kids falling in love with a club that's so far away. I mean, you know, hundred percent. But in as you grow up, you realize you are falling in love with the narrative and the brand that they're kind of creating around them as well, right? You are falling in love with the story of the place. और इज इट की जो पहला क्लब इंट्रोड्यूस किया वो प्यार हो जाता है आई थिंक हाउ मोस्ट मैनचेस्टर फैंस आर मेड यस यस आई अबाउट अच्छा तू फोर्टीन आता है तो मेरे को बहुत पसंद है I have noticed this about your personality in general. Like, you're very contrarian, and you're like, "No, this, this, all of us are half." So, yeah, no, but and I think it would be more interesting to do that. But it's also yeah. very predictable. It's predictable on both ends of the spectrum. That if the winner is picking, then that's it. And if the loser is picking, then that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think a lot of it is down. Like my, I'll tell you, I've. Analyze my own following, right? So I follow a club called Real Madrid, which is from Spain. It's very okay. rich. It's a very rich club, and mm-hmm. the only reason I uh, follow this club is because in 2003, David Beckham was at the peak of his popularity. And mm-hmm. when I started getting into football, my parents didn't know it was because of a girl and all. They were like, "Arey, right. oh, लड़का फुटबॉल में घुस रहा है, चलो, ठीक है, encourage करते हैं." So my dad got me his autobiography. So I read it. So I said, "Arey, ये तो बहुत ही सही है." Like. ये अच्छा भी दिखता है फुटबॉल भी खेलता है ये तो बहुत ही यही है लाइफ yeah. में यही चाहिए तो आई स्टार्ट सपोर्टिंग डेविड बेकम नॉट इवन द फकिंग क्लब ही वाज प्लेइंग फॉर ही मूव्ड फ्रॉम मैनचेस्टर यूनाइटेड टू रियल मैड्रिड इन 2003 एंड 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 आई फेल्ट वन मोर लेयर ऑफ किनशिप व्हिच वाज दैट इन 2003 आई मूव्ड फ्रॉम फ्रॉम बॉम्बे टू थाने सो आई वाज लाइक ओह इट्स द सेम सेम 
and yeah. he was also doing badly in real madrid so i was like are same 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 <laughs> <laughs> so um so that's how i started and 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 then long after he left i'm still with that club because now it's again just like with football hmm. started with something but now it's a completely different thing altogether right what did you what did you study after school i did uh, commerce i did Good commerce decision. Yeah, the 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 11th, 12th of the undecided. It's fully that it was yeah. for me. I call it not the undecided because I knew what I wanted. It was uh, the 11th, 12th of the compromise because I knew I wanted arts, but my parents ah. were like, "You have penis, so you can't do arts." Right. But I was like, right. "I can't do science either," so they were like, "Commerce." Huh? Fair, fair. So yeah. uh, because and that's how. सेक्सिज्म वर्क्स इन एजुकेशन राइट कि लाइक अपेरेंटली अगर तू लड़का है तो तू कर ही नहीं सकता आर्ट्स कैसे करेगा तू पागल है या इट्स फेयर तो आई थिंक इट्स अ फेयर फेयर नो आई टेल यू व्हाई आई टेल यू व्हाई Uh, propagate that toxic masculinity if they know that the women are also chill only you know what correct, i mean correct correct you have correct. to get them nice and hungry and, and yeah, depraved and depraved <laughs> that's how you get them to convert yeah uh, how do you think they made soldiers pehle you know all this correct, all this correct. gender segregation and then leave them at the border they go ah and attack anybody <laughs> I've realized that my my perception of how humanity has come to here is often very mistaken <laughs> uh, no but i i feel like you know okay tell me what do you think of this okay uh, this is a theme that i've been exploring for the last few episodes uh, oh. i feel like it's the artist's job oh. to take the work done by academia and bring it to the masses right that's our job we are the bridge between science and popular culture we have to learn the science and make it palatable for people in popular culture Uh, yes and no. I mean, that's one part of it. Oh, I would oh, argue, oh, oh. like it's one, like one type of thing that we do. But uh, like uh, my uh, sort of analogy for it is that science is crops. Okay, <laughs> it's yeah. the absolute sustenance of life, and that's how like things are. Right? Hmm. Commerce is fruits. Right? Hmm. It's nice, and it's like you know, it's a fun thing, and it costs money. And uh, arts, arts is alcohol. Okay, it's it contributes nothing to your life, but it makes life fun. Ah, and that's what it is. Like I, I think that, and dude, it is necessary because after survival and propagation, there is only boredom. Yeah. So, कौन solve करेगा वो? हम लोग solve कर रहे हैं. So, like I think that's yeah. a that's a very valid and very useful job. Yeah. Because um, and and the thing is that it's sure it's classified as like um, the only problem with it is that it's it's very ephemeral right it's abika like you're only stand up so, specifically more so than anything else more so than anything much, else yeah, absolutely yeah. it's the here and the now and that's all you can comment on right? yeah and this all you can like if you look at the movies from the 80s right you go like what the fuck was going on and how are you making this and who was watching it yeah right? but it was being watched and it was being enjoyed and it was being like it was making a effect Rent on in, people's minds yeah, and shit yeah so um, so but that's the only thing that you you know it's difficult to be uh, to entertain people across time some yeah. people obviously do it those are rare exceptions but uh, but you're solving boredom in the present which is great which is which amazing is, yeah yeah it's a gift 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I feel like the 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 fun is no like I, I'm very inspired in that sense by musicians and what they do because like you know Pink Floyd's music has as much technology to attribute to its making than it has artists. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it um, does. It does. It fully does. There, there is no dark side of the moon without an engineer like Alan Parsons sitting behind the desk, even if you don't give yeah. him credit. Uh, yeah. So so you know I, I I feel like that's one thing where I feel like. I take great joy. science science just and bring it out. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, dumb down in a very respectable manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, I say, hmm. Correct. To make it accessible. Yeah. Right. Because I, I don't expect anybody to understand things. <laughs> like yeah. not just main, anything. How how can we understand anything? You know something, this is one thing I've been thinking of a lot, which is that, and this ties into what you've been saying, which is that I think one thing that art can do is it makes things sexy. Right? <clears throat> so, and that's the primary uh, motivator for people to do stuff. Right? It's yeah. To, if you want to motivate someone to do something, you got to make it sexy. Uh, like a lot of the conversation around global warming right now is not sexy. And yeah, yeah. unfortunately, although like when you listen to this, you can be extremely dismissive of this and say, listen, it's a matter of life and death. What does it matter if it's sexy or not? Unfortunately, it does. It does. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you, you look at Doordarshan. Okay. That's unsexy as fuck. Yeah. Right. And if you listen to the news on Doordarshan, you after two minutes, it wouldn't even get into your brain. Yeah. Although it's important to you. It's making a difference to your life. But yeah. you're like, ah, I can't listen to this. Yeah. Um, on the other end of the spectrum is obviously all the your times now in republics and shit. Yeah. You made it too sexy. <laughs> so you need <laughs> you need an optimum sexiness for yeah. uh, ideas to be get communicated. I, I agree with you. Like you got to... Uh, man, uh, the, the amount of theses that are written on on uh, dead trees and get that get read by nobody is yeah. phenomenal so <laughs> if anyone can you know make it accessible to people that's a that's also a very huh. worthy thing to do no higher concepts though i think it's impossible for to you know us to accept expect people to know everything anymore like you know yeah, for sure. I, whenever people like it's like with the whole it's with any of the conversations every anytime somebody says hegemony you no know, yeah <laughs> i say ek second gravity defined karke de. And and the thing, can you it's a fun activity? Can you define gravity? I can't. I'll tell yeah. you right now. I really can't. Everybody around I mean me, coherently or yeah. or in any I ask of, people all the time and they're very confidently, it's a, a force of uh yeah. pulls everything down to the earth and they'll be yeah. very confident about it. But they have no fucking clue. And I say, you know, if something that integral to how life in this universe began. To how this universe began is something that is beyond your understanding, but it still, you know, seems to exist every day. You know, maybe that's why I don't know what your thoughts on, you know, like feminism as an idea is is far more complex to to disseminate as compared to gravity, for example. You know, so if gravity, if feminism is a concept for a long time. Lagne yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. And I think it, no, it, but it also comes down to like uh, what people are interested in and then how their comprehension increases. Like, would it be sexist to make feminism sexy? I don't know why. <laughs> I think you should make everything sexy. I don't think it's a, I don't think sexy is a derogatory thing at all. I think you should make everything sexy for sure. Uh, because that's the only way, unfortunately, we've reached this point where um, 
there's this there's this crazy book okay it's called uh, amusing ourselves to death okay mm. it's by neil postman i think so mm-hmm. he argues about how then this is written in the 80s okay in the 80s he was talking about how tv was destroying culture <laughs> and he talks about how back in the day the uh, presidential debates in, and things in america they used to be long speeches abraham lincoln aisa 3 ghante ka show karta tha or uh, and uh, used to discuss ideas and exactly what you want democracy to be right yeah. he's going to people and telling them his policies he said that doesn't work anymore because now you want si- sound bites right yeah. you got to have make america great again and that's it like four words and it's perfect so uh uh so so there is a attention span that's going down there is a want for entertainment over um, facts yeah, no yeah not just facts but over substance hmm. right you don't even have to have substance anymore you don't have to have an idea you just have to make it loud and interesting yeah, yeah. yeah. like i don't know uh, uh, uh you could argue that Two of the most successful TV shows in the last decade. One would you would say Big Boss. You you could say Chal Breaking Bad was amazing. Okay. And at the same time, Keeping Up with the Kardashians was also that yeah. popular. Yeah. Yeah. So one has substance and all of that shit, and then the other is just that it's it's yeah. entertaining. That's all yeah. it is. So, but it's as popular. Ah, uh, what college does one go to to get such anti-national thoughts, Kothuk? <laughs> Where what degree college? I went to uh, <laughs> uh, no. So after after I did commerce, I did finally I started like sliding down into arts. I was like I got to disappoint my parents slowly. Uh-huh. So uh, then I did uh, BMM from Ruya College and oh. yes uh, yes I was in three years and in Matunga. And your of, Marathi still did not improve. That's the that's the thing, dude. मेरे को मैं ऐसा वो How do I put it? Spy ban ke gaya tha, do do. No, but it was a, it was I I enjoyed my time in Ruya. It was a lot of fun. I was. Do you do you know this? This is a lesser known fact that I was Mr. Ruya 2009. What? <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, true. <laughs> Wait, you are uh, how how old are you? I am 29. You are two years ahead of me. I think so. How would you be in Ruya in 2009? I was I finished 10th standard and went to 11th standard. Into you were Mr. Ruya in first year. Yeah. Wow. In first year. Oh, I was spending off those third years. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I fucking won a competition. <laughs> I just like I don't know how. <laughs> I was I was on a stage and they were like, "You are Mr. Ruya." <laughs> okay. Uh, was it weird going on stage as a shy person? Were you ever averse to it? No, surprisingly, I think uh, I have that classic thing that a lot of people have, where uh, uh, I can talk to crowds, but I can't can't talk to people. I know what you mean. You know, I know that feel. It's like um, the crowd is a faceless entity, right? It doesn't have individual. There's something feelings. between you and them. They're all facing us, man. They're not. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one other single child. thing I, i don't know i'm doing amateur psychology at this point but i feel like um now you're getting this show yeah <laughs> this show should have been called amateur psychology <laughs> no i needed my name in it so uh, <laughs> amateur psychology with akash and friends um so i feel like that way single child uh, you want more and more attention um because i think like your parents give you some amount of attention but then you're like that's all the attention i'm getting so i'd like more and at least i have that <laughs> attention seeking nature yeah. and i feel like at some point if you are a look man if you are a comedian 
there's no getting away from the fact that you want attention. You seriously you know, want attention. I I disagree with this strongly. Every comedian who comes through here tells me this. I'm going to become defensive also for this. And I disagree. I hate it. I the no, only time I no. like the attention is Haan. when I am on stage and I'm telling the jokes. After that, it's not nice anymore. No, even I don't like it after that. But the very yeah. fact that you're getting on stage and you want people's approval, like a joke, is literally like, "Ye mera uh, thought hai," and yeah, I want a reaction from you. But it's like it's not like a uh, for me the trip is I want this specific reaction from you. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So you still want trip. you want a reaction, and it's a it's a sense of. uh wait exactly right you it's a sense of power it's a sense of like i you are seeking approval whether you like it or not from these people, from people right from mm. all audiences that's what you're doing like if if they rejected you which is what not laughing is you'd feel fucking terrible after the show you'd be like i don't want to uh, that felt so i, I think very, a, very differently about all of these things i, I, I feel I, i i feel like at at some level there is There's something wrong with you if every, every <laughs> night you want to be in front of strangers <laughs> and uh, you know and say just the most dark shit about your life. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> just exposing yourself to strangers, you know, <laughs> just like some fucking creepy exhibitionist. Uh. So, like, it's the it's a it's it's you're an emotional exhibitionist. That's what you are. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is, somebody has said that about me before, uh, in a very different context. Yeah. And uh, the fact that you bring it up again makes it eerily ring out as true now. I'll tell you yeah. something. So, hmm. just the other day, and and comedians say this a lot, na? Just the other day. So, I will put a specific date. Yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Yesterday, I was in a uh, I was in a writer's room, and yeah. so we have couple so of comics. I'm so right? glad you have and work right now, man. I'm also, by you. the way, I'm also. I've taken up more work than I can do just because pandemic चल रहा है. पता नहीं कब काम मिलेगा. तो सब. मेरे को थोड़ा ऐसा साइफन करके कम पैसे में किसी और से करवाना है तो मैं कर लूँगा. हाँ, बाप चल. I will. So मैं भी तीसरे राइटर को ही दूँगा. पर I love. You know, I love how our podcast usually are. 80% of stuff that everyone can understand and 20% of whatsapp conversations yeah <laughs> so uh, so yesterday yeah. three comics and some of these uh, production people right? right and we're trying to explain an idea to some to a third person right so uh, a comic is explaining it and hum wohi explanation mein explanation ke baad ek tag joke Right, so you're joking around and you're fucking. Yeah. Then the production guy looks at me, okay, and very quietly goes, "Can you please tell him to stop joking? Why can't you guys just do a presentation like a presentation?" <laughs> and I'm like, "That's a great question. That's a fundamental difference because we're like, listen, there are eight other people listening to this call. That's an open mic." Uh huh. I so, see what you mean. I I get you. I if get there you. are people, I'm going to, which is why if you want to get like uh, interesting thoughts from a comic, catch them when they're alone. Yeah, yeah, then they'll really tell you interesting. Otherwise, they're just performing like fucking chuttias. Just like this eh, is why I don't let thing. anybody uh, come in doubles on this podcast. Yeah, na. It yeah. becomes a sparring fight, no? Sparring match. Yeah, yeah. It becomes yeah. a dick measuring contest. Always. Very quickly. But why? I mean, I have never felt like I participated in anything. Because I feel like I, when it's when it's that green room spitfire contest, so I'd rather sit at the back. Yeah, uh, because I'm not that fast in terms of coming up with stuff like that. I I I fully agree. like, and there is I envy. I really envy comics who have a security in their comedy, like hmm. a security of a level that I know I'm funny. I don't have to prove it to you uh, all the time. 
आई डोंट हैव दिस दिस थिंग वेर अगर मैं दो मिनट में हर दो मिनट में जोक नहीं बोला तो मैं कॉमेडियन ही नहीं है लाइक आई डोंट एन वी पीपल इवन आई हैव दिस इनसिक्योरिटी वेर आम लाइक की नहीं नहीं जोक तो बोलना पड़ेगा तो ऑफन टाइम्स इज नॉट गुड बट You know, man. I think it's turned out pretty well. You're fine only. You know, there are so no, many. No, no. Those green room jokes, dude. Those green oh, room. Oh, those, those, you know, those. You know, it's okay. You know, yeah. I was talking to uh, uh, Karan Chauhan. I don't know if you know Karan. Yeah. Chauhan. Yeah, yeah. I know. Of course, I do. Great I'm, guy. I love that guy. We had some hilarious gigs together, dude. Karan Chauhan. <laughs> <laughs> same. Same. It's like yeah. always a fun time. Now, once he was, I was asking him. Asked him, Karan, what do magicians do when they meet each other? Right. And he said, "Kuch nahi, ham log ek bakra pakarte civilian aur usko sab log baith ke trick dikhate." And I was like, "At least we're not magicians." Nah, fuck, thank God. Yes. <laughs> you know, she. Yes. Dastardly yes. magicians catching somebody off the street and making them watch magic that delights them. <laughs> you, you know something else, dude. अगर तू तेरे पास time है ना तो ये Netflix पे there is a show called Pen and Teller. Fool us. Oh, I love that show. Right? I love that show. It's now, a great show. Exactly. And now the thing that. That I'm fucking again jealous of these fucking magicians is. ये लोग एक दूसरे का trick करते रहते हैं. हाँ और थोड़ा modify कर दिया तो चलता है. थोड़ा सा. तो चलता है. Did you do a donut with a flambego? And he's like, yeah, hey, मैंने वही किया. Exactly, dude. I mean, like there is no. वही है ना कि magic में there is no sense of originality or anything. There is just I have to make these people laugh. तो मैं किसी का भी trick करके कर दूँगा. In fact, no. But you know, in fact, I think. That in with magicians because I, and I've said this before I'll say it again magicians are basically dumb comedians okay? because, <laughs> yeah because what happens is no I'll tell you why because they need objects to execute what we do with words okay uh, uh, this is my theory now hmm. uh, the, the the magicians when you steal a trick you're stealing something that can easily be identified patented observed object hai movement hai design right. with words and concepts it's way harder to do absolutely that's why comedians actually have a way stricter and way more cut out sense of what is yours what is not yours what can be taken what cannot be taken what should be original etc yeah yeah uh, but the jokes that they take are always stolen gandagi mein and <laughs> And comedians can't do that differentiation because fifteen people can do a bread joke, and everybody's bread joke is going to be different if they're correct. proper decent comedians. Correct, correct. No, and also, but you know that this is what I'm saying. Like, I'm so jealous of that fucking art form because a you can borrow other people's uh, you know bits almost or whatever the, yeah. the the acts, and you can do them. That's one. Secondly, no matter how many times you do it, it's people will amazing. love it. Yeah, the yeah. same trick if you do it to me twenty yeah. times. Each of those twenty times, I'll be amazed. I know, right? Each of those twenty times, I'll, I'll tell you the trick, Kathok. Huh? The trick is don't remember your jokes. <laughs> I do this every time. I'm telling you, just go on stage <laughs> and have a rough idea of why you're yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. And just be like, okay, what? Jazz music. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about now? What is the show called? Okay, it's the yeah. dark show. So. Ah, titty fucking dead people, huh? Like just <laughs> on this on this podcast, okay? So far, football is not a sport. Magicians are dumb comedians, and titty fucking are dead corpses. So But far, it's very difficult to titty fuck a living corpse because they are zombies, Kautuk. That's true. Uh, That is true. A living corpse, you should stay away from. I agree with that thought. 
Okay. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we're going to talk seriously, okay, mm. about screenwriting and oh, uh, 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 about about stand-up and about the special. You know, in fact, I spoke to Neville mm. about Kothuk special, and in the second half, I'm going to ask Kothuk about Kothuk special because that's wow. how much I cared about that special. So, wow. so we'll catch you right after this. You're listening to Akash and Friends with Kothuk Shrivastav and me, Akash. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back. Second half, Akash and Friends podcast with Kothuk. We had a, this has been such a jovial uh, uh, episode so far. The episodes, last few episodes, have been very intense. So I'm glad <laughs> because so far there are no major dead relatives to cover. No. Yeah, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. I think we should end end on that for sure, so that we don't mm. disappoint your listeners. Yeah, a little bit death just to remind you. Uh, where? Why do we pick this up? So, so you went to Ruya, yeah, uh, and uh, you did BMM at Ruya, and yeah. and what is the job that one gets when one is a 2012 batch graduate from Ruya College in BMM, a degree that had just then come out? Yeah, we yeah, it wasn't, it hadn't been too long since BMM was around. It was less than a decade for sure. So, um. Uh, so g- generally, I mean, the jobs you get are in uh, the media field in some capacity, like mostly in advertising and uh, journalism, because those are the two majors that you get to pick. Right. Uh, the thing that I had done, though, was that in my first year itself, I had started interning at Weird Ass, which is Veer Das's yeah, comedy yeah, collective. Yeah. So um, I started going down that path. And by the time I left Ruya, I had already gotten a job with MTV. So I was writing with MTV uh, at the time. So, and right after that, I had a... this was what? Mainly what were you writing for them? So I started off as a digital intern. So uh, a digital editorial intern. So they had a MTV back then had a digital editorial team. Which used to put out all the tweets and Facebook posts and social media just sort of like happened, right? So people were, uh, so there was a nice team over there that was doing that kind of stuff. Um, So I joined there as an intern. I used to do time pass over there and did like some funny stuff and and all that. And then uh, over there I met, uh, you know, who else was there? There was a guy called Nikhil Taneja. Ah, I'm sure like Nikhil Taneja is the kind of guy who everyone knows. Okay, but they, they but, don't know exactly who he is and what he yeah, is, but they're yeah. like, Nikhil Taneja, of course. I know exactly how I know Nikhil Taneja. Huh. I have not met him personally, but I know huh. of him and I know he does things and he's mentioned often. Correct, yeah. correct. So Nikhil Taneja and I, we, we were working there and um, he had an idea for a sitcom Okay, okay, called Reality Stars. And at that point in time, at, uh, MTV was looking for shows from within the internal team. So we wrote a, a scene we got it shot we put together this idea of what it was and we pitched it and lo and behold the only thing that got picked was reality stars oh man okay so at uh, 21 i was writing this sitcom fucking randomly and yeah. uh, um, so and it it turned out to be a good it turned out to be an incredible experience for me the show however four people have seen it and even those four didn't like it so <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, it was incredible but it, it was a great uh, opportunity and like um, that happened and then from there I just kept doing like you know writing gigs or comedy and then uh, kept finding my way through that thing did comedy happen as a conscious decision or was it accidental 
No, it was uh, it, it like I got introduced to it as an accident, and then like I took a conscious decision to to do it. So what happened is that I so remember in two thousand and nine or two thousand seven when YouTube was like uh, it was like a crazy new thing. Like I could like, only start watching YouTube from two thousand nine because internet was not with me for those first. <laughs> years. Yeah, so 2007, it was like a very like random wild wild west thing, and on the internet, I've discovered Robin Williams on YouTube. His someone had entire like uploaded his entire special. There. Weapons of self destruction was on YouTube. Uh, not weapons before that. Live on live at Broadway. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it was a fucking incredible special. Dude, my whole special they came in a life change. Okay, like I saw it and i was like oh my god this is the capability of just one man and a mic yeah right this is all that is possible the whole range of stuff yeah. that you can do so uh, i was like and at the time i wanted to be a humor writer but i knew even then somehow very uh, uh, i think it's very obvious to people at all times in life that there is no money in writing books <laughs> <laughs> i think you can tell that from afar okay, this yeah. is poverty straight up yeah this road um so i was like I, I i i i like to write funny stuff and books are a very tough thing to crack um but this seems like a lot of fun at the time the bombay had just started doing open mics this is 2009 10 so yeah. there was like bombay Cafe uh, Goa culture shock culture shock yeah. crack when, me up back then it was called bombay electric company bomb exactly exactly yeah. so i started signing up for these things and back then it used to happen once a week okay. Once a month. No, once a month. You're right. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, once a month. All, all until 2011, when 12, when I started doing. Right. It was 2012 by then, and it was still only once a month. In fact, I did the last Cafe Goa gig. Oh, you did the last Cafe Goa one. Yeah, the oh, train ka dipa Cafe Goa. Crazy, huh? Which is uh, now. I Eddie's. know which one you're talking about. I know which one you're talking about. Not the, not the one in Bandra. The other. I mean, the not the one, one where. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I performed there once, um, and anyway. yeah, same. Yeah, once, and then it shut. <laughs> and then it shut. I think we must have done the same show. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I so open mics started happening. I started doing it, and I was like, you know what, this is fun because the other good thing about stand up, which is very different from all the other mediums, is this one. It's very different from writing for TV or whatever because you are in complete control. Yeah. Right, so you write, you perform, you execute, you bear the, you know, the brunt of whether it was good or bad or whatever. Yeah, that's one. Secondly, different from books because it's immediate. So the weird thing about books is you spend six years of a of your life writing it. It mm. takes a year for it to come out. It takes three four years sometimes before you like. Uh, uh, it, it like it takes a year for them to put it out, and then three four years later, it might make some kind of impact because that's how long it takes people to read books and then yeah, for it to yeah. get passed on and so on and so forth. So by the time you get feedback, it's like you're a different person from when you began writing that book. So yeah. it's such a long process. But with stand up, it's like आज दोपहर को मैंने ये जोक लिखा और आज शाम को मेरे को पता चल गया कि जोक अच्छा था नहीं था क्या था. Yeah. And it's so immediate and so beautiful. Um, so I I started getting into it and and uh, then I quit because I was with MTV writing intensely for two years, and then I came back to stand up in 2013, end of 2013, uh, and it was uh, like a um, it, it felt uh, you know the minute you get back on stage you're like why the fuck did I ever leave it? <laughs> I yeah. don't think you can ever replicate that sort of like uh, yeah, yeah. your 
that experience anywhere else yeah is it it's just interesting to me you know because you are like you know that the other uh, comedians who like punit is also somebody who is a writer predominantly who does stand up yeah and and you see it in the stand up very much so uh, yeah. with yours it's not nearly as much that way like it doesn't yeah. feel as as you know what i mean right like it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's, it's a delivery thing yeah and and while your i mean your stand up is predominantly is like i would say it comes from a very self exploratory kind of space where it's like you're you're exploring the condition the the version of the human condition that you are going through right now yeah yeah that's a fair assessment yeah uh, uh i feel like it came to a height with with the anatomy of awkward because i got to see that special in in different different ways yeah i got to see it as bits i got to see it as a whole hour when you were trying it once i think at cat cafe yeah yeah and then i got to see it being taped uh and i was not happy with the way it turned out why uh, because it it so much better when it was just you standing on stage and telling me the jokes <laughs> without a ppt doing the opening act yeah but that exactly but that didn't make it to the cut and that was a very uh, uh conscious thing when you see the show you realize there's a lot of changes right and yeah uh, yeah yeah What what was the thought process there? Because I felt like, like I asked Neville also. I mean, I didn't get into it with Neville because I felt like it's your special, so you are answerable. Uh, yeah. By the way, he asked <laughs> Neville because Neville directed it. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's not like you can like they watched just it, a random the person. Yeah. <laughs> they, wa- they they watched the Neville episode already. Okay. It's okay. Ha, you, ha. you guys go watch it. Uh, but no, but like so the reason I because because it was great. right and then i think what happened is that when we were shooting it most people don't realize that when you're shooting stand up like how much stand up has to do with context and yeah. how much difference it makes that there's a crew in the room yeah and the shape of the room and the size of the room and all of those things just started i felt like it kind of piled up against you while you were doing the show no i i i would disagree i think like for me i think i did my two best shows on the days it mattered mattered most mm-hmm. like when the cameras were rolling i think i did my two best shows of that special um the way, the decision to make it look the way it did was very conscious and the reason was that i was like this is a visual medium and stand up is a live art form and uh, and at the time when i was watching stand up specials i was extremely bored of the fact that it's just the same background same thing same thing same thing same thing and i was like listen if you have the opportunity and someone is giving you the budget to do it right <laughs> you might as well <laughs> do something interesting yeah um, and i thought it was uh, like what we did was for those of you who haven't seen the special i had uh, four big stories in it four big chunks and each of them was represented like we had a background change for every for story one. yeah and uh, it was just represented very symbolically often or sometimes literally in the background and uh, like i had this one story about a, a drunk person at vaga border and i loved that set design because they just put this bottle of rum yeah. with a barbed wire fence around it it was <laughs> beautiful that was a perfect suggestion yeah so um Anyway so I I thought it was I I I really liked the ideas that we came up with I thought the set design was pretty good uh and I thought it was interesting to do something because uh, and here's the other thing right if I was just doing a bunch of bits then it would make no sense because then you're just jumping from one thing to another every 5 minutes yeah, and then yeah. you can't keep fucking doing comical shit at the back but because there were these big stories I was like you know what these are like almost I would classify them as act breaks in a play right 
So like how you would have like a small set design thing in a play. That's how I wanted to like kind of do it because it's also a visual medium when you're watching a special online. It's not a live medium. So that sort of like it would add a little freshness to the thing. And I think it, I, I like the special. I'm very proud of it. And I think like um, I did my two best shows uh, mm. during that thing. Now, the thing is, if you didn't like it, then those were the two best shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but here's the thing. I think this is what happens with me and a lot of my friends who are artists. Yeah. I see the work at a certain part of the progress. Yeah. And then I, work, I I kind of fixate on that version. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. then and then you're like, oh, this is great, but this is not that. And that. I think that's where it, uh, it the the that gap is. is. That, that is so true. That is also like, you know, um, it's like when you go to a restaurant, okay, and sometimes you catch a moment and like your appetite meets the mood and the the, the dish taste. that comes yeah, in. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you go back to the restaurant going like, fuck, I remember that time. And then something has changed, right? The weather is not the same outside. You're not feeling as hungry. Yeah. The chef didn't have a good day. And then the food is not exactly the same. And then you're like, hey, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> could be that, could be that. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it's faithfully come out the way I wanted it. So I'm pretty happy with it. What do you feel the next special is going to be? So uh, that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm doing this thing called Working on the Vaccine. That's the new name of the special. And uh, the whole point was this. And it, and uh, when I was telling Puneet this, he was like, Ye kya LinkedIn ka tu apna post chhapra idhar. Uh, <laughs> so I'll tell you what I mean. So it's, a, it's got a very sort of like a sappy-ish uh, mm. thing behind it. But the idea was that why is it working on the vaccine? And the reason is, at the beginning of the pandemic, I really fucking deliberated. One is that it was obviously world changing and world stopping. And it's a fucking pandemic where people are affected. Like genuinely people are affected. And it makes you really question the that part of our job, right? Like the purpose of it. Yeah, why are we even here when... Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. clearly bigger things happening in the world, right? Uh, and in the beginning of the pandemic, there's nothing I could think of and there's nothing other people could think of that was not pandemic related. And it felt like, uh, you know, the, the whole comedy thing was very superficial and all of that stuff and I felt like yeah if you're joking about it there's also people who have who are seriously affected by it yeah and uh, they are going to watch you and it's it's like watching you know um while you're starving it's like Somebody watching making, rich people yeah. stuff their face with food it's like yeah I want to see that <laughs> so um so it felt like that a little bit and then over the months as things started kind of like coming under yeah. control a little bit that's when I was like, okay, I think now we can talk about this and we can, I think now is the time when people are genuinely bored and want to move on and, and yeah. now we step in again, thankfully. Yeah. So, and the whole idea was that, right? I cannot contribute to the situation at all except with jokes. That's yeah. all I can do. This is it. This is all my contribution is. So, if you want me to work on the vaccine, this is my version of it. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Uh, and, and the whole thing is that if laughter is the best medicine, then Kautuk is working on the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a great idea, dude. Yeah. I have done nothing of the sort in this yeah. quarantine. I have one, I wrote one hour which was about my building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The way you said it, I'm laughing completely at the way you said it because you just seem so dejected. I, like, I had no it's choice. It's about my building. I had no choice. <laughs> there is a five minute bit on crows versus pigeons versus kites versus rats. Nice. There is a bit I on... I want to see the movie. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but it was it was that's the thing right like i was like oh i cannot t- tell jokes now mm. what yeah. i can't cuz I, I i i can't tour nasty on zoom nasty is a yeah. show that does not translate to zoom it doesn't uh, translate and i bet you don't want it filmed <laughs> नो वो तो ठीक है मतलब इन सीक्रेसी नहीं वो तो अभी हो गया वो वाले शोस तो करता ही नहीं हूं मैं ऑनलाइन वो वाले जोक्स तो करता ही नहीं हूं भाई नीचे हां एंड यू नो विद द अदर शोस आई स्टिल डू द शोस ऑन Zoom बट आई फेल्ट लाइक आई शुड राइट वन आवर व्हिच इज जस्ट अबाउट व्हाट्स गोइंग ऑन एंड व्हाट आई हैव लर्नड अबाउट ह्यूमन नेचर ड्यूरिंग दिस पेंडेमिक यू नो एंड देन आई एंड देन यू नो आई वाज लाइक विल आई एवर डू दिस लाइव डू आई इवन वांट टू टेल दीस जोक्स लाइव like do they make sense live and all of that so then i was like what do i do to fill the time so what i did is i took all these old jokes i had mm. um which is my advantage in life by the way because i didn't get very famous very quickly so i have all these jokes lying around yeah uh, that that didn't get released as a special or didn't get used anywhere so i yeah. just kind of recompiled and i made one hour and now the plan is to shoot that one hour as six stand up videos right and this is one story uh and and this is by the way something i learned from you because i remember when you were working on uh, um, uh, anatomy uh, this was 2018 17 yeah 17 i was working on it 18 we filmed ha na so when you yeah. were doing it in 17 i was working on bear with me right yes which was yes. also which was one story over the uh, 90 minutes correct and it's because you knew this much about story structure that i got some inkling of what to do with my special oh wow ha huh. yeah cuz i saw yours and i was like oh fuck i say karne ka rehta hai oh <laughs> ये तो कितना मस कर दिया इसने इट्स इट्स रियली दैट इट्स सो मच ऑफ माय स्टैंड अप करियर इज जस्ट वाचिंग पीपल गोइंग आज लेट मी गेट माय नोटबुक एंड दैट्स फकिंग ट्रू ड्यूड बिकॉज़ दिस इज अ थिंग दैट समवन आई फॉरगेट वेयर आई हर्ड दिस एडवाइस बट इट वाज बेसिकली दिस दैट यू वांट टू डू आर्ट कंज्यूम इट या कंज्यूम ऑल ऑफ इट या या कंज्यूम एज मच एज यू कैन बिकॉज़ हियर्स द गुड थिंग people have probably solved the problem you are dealing with yeah yeah right and you just have to fucking be like oh that's that's how you do it they they go they go pilot likhna hai to pilots dekh right? yeah how to introduce characters koi kar diya hai solve kisi ne 6 mahina laga ke soch ke kar diya hai abhi tu copy kar chuti hai copy kar chal and see you were saying magicians can copy and comedians cannot but i I've I've learned uh, how did you learn about writing how did the whole screen like cuz I know like eventually your career if you plot it right uh, apart from the stand up like the one thing that comes to mind is Sumit Sambhal Lega yeah uh, is is uh, is uh, Shaitan Haveli you yeah. know th- yeah. these are things that you've written also Sumit Sambhal Lega also you wrote right yeah. so Sumit Sambhal Lega was sort of like a loose remake of 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 no not not lose at all not lose at all not lose at all <laughs> not lose at all it was the official uh, remake of it oh the rights had been bought and oh. it was great because they got the uh, actual writer one of the writers and producers of uh, everybody of zaman oh. to oh. india to like kind of like take us through it so it was great it was like a proper so you know something uh, when the show came out i posted this thing on facebook saying ki this is crazy it was a really good experience yeah, so, yeah. uh you know glad the show is coming out go watch ye dala tha main so the creator of everybody loves raymond found that post and he was like hey you guys did a great job and that was a <laughs> screenshot <laughs> phil rosenthal said i did a great great job cool <laughs> uh was there a cuz i mean you know you're talking about how comedy gives you that immediate yeah uh, uh feedback uh, and control and and television is even less control and oh, yeah. even less immediate feedback yeah 
So how do you settle for that? How do you find a balance there? Does it not frustrate? Like that's one thing that annoys the fuck out of me about these things. Uh, it does frustrate you a little bit as a writer. I mean, if if it didn't, then you know you've really caved into the system. Yeah. You know, there's no part <laughs> of your individuality left. But uh, at the same time, here's the great thing about television, right? Uh, and especially now with web series more than with like traditional TV. But you're getting, you're never going to get to play with. At, at least at my level, you're not you're not going to get to play with the budgets that TV does on your own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's operating on a totally different level, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why you don't have control. Yeah. Because when that much money is involved, people are like, "No, we gotta yeah. we gotta we contain our risk." Like there are uh, you know the ideas with the titty fucking the cops we should uh, avoid. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wait. I mean, did so you say cops or corps? Corps. Oh, okay. Corps. Cool. So the cop idea is still on the table then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you want to identify the cops, then go ahead. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But I mean, like, so the 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 level of uh, of budgets is insane. The way that they put together a thing and the reach it has is incredible. And. Um, uh, it's enjoyable because it, I mean, I guess some part of me also enjoys collaborative work. Um, I mean, and I think it's also great to do that in juxtaposition in juxtaposition with writing books, because when you're writing a book, you're just in, uh, you know, solitary confinement, like just to a jail cell, you know, you're writing. But was Red Card really that long and that lonely a process? It was because, um, Red card was one of the main uh, ways for me to learn how to write. So uh, I learned how to write purely by writing a lot. That's the only way I learned how to write. That's how, but isn't that the... I mean, it's surprising how people don't think of that as one of the options. Like no, I was talking like, to a friend of mine recently about this. Uh, yeah. A friend of mine who is a literary major. Okay? Yeah. Uh, English major. And uh, she has passed out and all, and she writes now, and yeah. she writes infrequently and for her own benefit. Yeah. Occasionally, you'll read something. And I'm like, bro, it's by default better than what most people are writing. Right. And it's not because you, somebody You're told you how to write. Yeah. You just spent three years reading all the best people in the world. Right. You know, and understanding what they were talking about and the tools that they were using. You know, it's not. Uh, it's like with the comedy workshop as well. I, I, I'm not telling you how to write a joke. That's what you'll figure out. But I'm telling you, these are the language tools and the conceptual tools that you can use with it. And then, then the only way to really learn how to write a joke is to write a joke. Mm. Or with a pilot, is the best way to write a pilot is to learn how to write a pilot is to write a pilot. I, I, I don't Absolutely. See, right? Absolutely. Um, that's the thing. So, uh, I uh, with Red Card, and here's the cool thing about it. Okay, when I started writing the the book for the first time, uh, thankfully I knew that I was a shit writer, so I knew this, and I was like, I can't even pretend to be a good writer. That's how bad I am. Huh. So the first draft of Red Card was written, uh, and I said, okay, okay, then I have to come up with a device that justifies the bad writing. Okay, so what is the device? The device is going to be that it's a person. Verbally yeah. telling the story to another person. Yeah. In which case, the syntax yeah. can be bad, grammar can be bad. Yeah. Kuch bhi ho hai, right? 
तो पास्ट प्रेजेंट एक्टिव मैंने 300 पेज ऐसा लिखा राइट गार्बेज हॉट गार्बेज राइट देन द सेकंड ड्राफ्ट वाज राइट ओके नाउ आई काइंड आई नो हाउ टू डू दिस एंड इन बिटवीन आई वाज राइटिंग फुल ड्राफ्ट्स ऑफ ट्रैवलॉग्स आल्सो लाइक फुल बुक लेंथ थिंग्स सो आई वाज गेटिंग बेटर एंड बेटर एट राइटिंग एंड देन सो द सेकंड ड्राफ्ट वाज अ बिग ट्वीक ऑन इट आई वाज लाइक ओके लेट मी राइट इट स्लाइटली मोर फॉर्मली एंड बाय द थर्ड ड्राफ्ट आई वाज लाइक आई हैव अ फुल ग्रास्प ऑफ व्हाट आई एम ट्राइंग टू अचीव एंड i will uh, uh, do it in like so it's written in like a third person omnipresent yeah. sort of style so the the thing about it is that uh, and the reason it took so long is because i wasn't a full time writer and i am still not a full time yeah. novelist yeah you're a full time comedian and yeah. and all of that but along with it i was doing comedy along with it i was doing sumit samalega along with it i was doing so every year i was doing one some tv show and one yeah. uh, stand up thing and then one this uh so which is why it took so long and it's an incredibly it's a it's a full marathon dude full marathon mm. like you have to uh for 6 months straight get up in the morning first thing you do right after brushing your teeth is sit down and write mm. and you have to hit your fucking numbers you have to be like uh, uh you know this day i'm going to hit like 500 words and then you fucking hit those 500 words and that's how you write that's how you finish a book that's not how you write a book but that's how you finish it and <laughs> at some point you will always feel like i can do one more pass ek aur likhta hu thoda aur thoda aur right and i stopped doing this when someone told me this line this beautiful line they said that good art is never finished it's abandoned okay <laughs> <laughs> you just got to go like are chhod abhi bas ho gaya abhi hit publish yeah so that's it man you just got to then hope for the best and it's okay that this can keep going on and with screen writing obviously it's a very different process where there is a way more stricter timeline yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, you are and obviously because it's so collaborative you are working with so many other people schedules and 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 because i feel like with with any kind of work you need to turn yourself on and off uh, but with stand up you are always in a middle space like you are always kind of on and you are always kind of off you know your brain is always observed but like with this job you have to show up when mm. it's a writing you have to show mm. up to that room and for 6 hours a day you have to be on yeah you have to you have to be you don't have that choice and i find that very daunting as a you know, it is it is extremely daunting and there's a couple of things about this uh the first one being that the muse is incredibly overrated right inspiration is incredibly overrated incredibly. i don't yeah i don't think it it's a criteria at all like hota hai to sahi hai meaning inspiration to inspiration is when when your fucking you know i don't know mozart or something like for the average dude it's like bro dekh mere ko banane gaye okay and and i i would say i would say that inspiration comes to everybody but the but conditions for it yeah yeah are that you have to start work yeah and you have to be That's, your craft has to be on point to actually convert that inspiration into something usable yeah and when no, you're making sparks over wet grass you know it's not going to catch no, a fire and the thing is the people wait uh, and this is ye ek aur cheez hai jo this is a pr problem that mm. artists have it's a purely pr problem okay the pr problem is that the image of the artist is a person that as a lightning strikes and then ideas sparkle and then you write this gorgeous line yeah. right but that's not true that's, not, that's true. not true at all if you want to be a professional artist 
that's incredible that you can <laughs> just imagine if your uh, if your plumber came to your house and said ki nahi yaar aaj i'm not feeling the exactly the, yeah the yeah inspiration to do your valve you'd be like get the fuck out of my house i can't pay you because you're unemployable right so uh, <laughs> so but so, i feel like you know it's not I'll, here's what i've noticed I, i completely agree with you but i feel like the temperamental nature of what comes along with being an artist is something that i have consciously adopted in, yeah. in certain capacities like i'm okay with being temperamental with certain things now because i know i can get away with it because i am artist because they're going to treat me a certain way because i am artist so when i can benefit from their version oh, of no, what no. they think you, i am you should 100% manipulate people but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are if you if you want to get something done uh you got to do away with the idea of inspiration yeah, yeah for the first this thing for sure right there's this great line by it's a french writer i'm not going to try to guess his name but the line is that um uh you know be calm in your life so you can be chaotic in your work oh um, i know this yeah 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 so yeah. uh i'm going to say mopasson or one of those anyway uh, balzac maybe mopadha <laughs> so so anyway so the I'm point is bad jokes. do away with your inspiration wala hang up wo nahi hone wala hai tere ko kaam pe and the weird thing is the minute you start work it happens dude it just happens so trust that process that's one and the second thing about it is that um, it, it teaches you respect like that's one of the good things about writing in these very formalized environments is that it teaches you respect for other people which is not really something that you learn as a novelist or as a stand up comedian yeah. and especially not as a stand up comedian so <laughs> you know i had this line which is that uh, uh there are there are a lot of professional stand up comics but there are very few stand up comics who are so professional, professional. <laughs> right Yeah, it's too true. <laughs> so, um, and that's the thing. So, when you're writing for a TV show, right? What I mean by respect is, there are hundreds and hundreds of people whose jobs and livelihoods depend on you delivering that script on time. Yeah. There's a guy waiting on uh, to create a set, and yeah. he can't do it because your script, lazy ass yeah. hasn't submitted that script. Yeah. There are actors who need to rehearse who can't do it because your lazy yeah. ass didn't do it. Um. ंग यू मनी राइट सो a painter if if they do a bad job they have to scrape it off and then it costs them money to buy paints and then do it again yeah. as a writer it's zero cost so keep scraping the words yeah. and putting them back scraping the words putting them back. who gives a fuck the only thing you're losing is time yeah so the the more you work in drafts the better your thing gets and uh, i think the last thing to say about this is the idea of getting rid of uh, perfection hmm you it's not going to be perfect it never is it never will be okay there is uh the best that you can hope for in a collaboration is that other people uh pick up the you know pick up the genius in their departments and it and it right. the the sum is greater than the parts right that's the real joy of collaboration when you really collaborate with something good it it's always better than what you could do individually but uh, 
perfection ka the the flaw is that there's a loss of transmission you have an idea it's beautiful in your head it's perfect when you start writing it down 10% of it disappears yeah when you do a second draft about like another 5% get shaved off yeah then it goes to an actor who may not understand what you're doing and then another yeah. so by the time it it goes up on screen the worst uh the worst outcome <laughs> is that it, there's a it's down to 10% of what you actually had yeah that's the worst aspect the best aspect is you come up with something there's a loss of transmission theek hai but the actor has interpreted in a way that you didn't even know so uh-huh. you've gained that 30% or whatever so then it just adds up yeah so get rid of perfection because you're never going to be as good as you are in your head right so be shitty but be shitty in draft so the shittiness gets <laughs> reduced <laughs> mitigated yeah over time so i think that's a those are the things that you and i think that makes you that's the one good thing about doing these formal gigs you get a sense of this this thing that we don't intrinsically have which is work ethic yeah when things yeah. are on the line and there are deadlines to be met you got to fucking do the job and you got to do it that's that's what it is so yeah yeah that's one thing i realized when i started making the podcasts right exactly Because exactly it has to go out every week it has to go out every week with stand up you have that laziness especially yeah. i to get lazy because i'm like itna sara ghanta pada hai kyun likhu naya and all of that especially jab quarantine mein open mic nahi nahi ho rahe the Correct. live wale uh, it's very easy to fall out of that habit oh dude uh, 9 out of 10 comics uh, will write their joke like 2 hours before the show and 2 hours is like the so one stage pay hard working correct correct <laughs> correct and th- like uh, the rest will like literally like every show is the place where you're writing and yeah. um and that's the hard part is like, we're, we're constantly living like we're students giving a board exam ki wo din ke pehle hum padhenge aur fir karenge like we no, like it's, i think it's also just the fact that I, like in my personal experience i realize ki if i sit and write a joke and go it's going to be detrimental to the joke as opposed to if i educate myself about the joke and everything around the joke and then go on stage and then try to make the joke um you it's know better for you yeah because with with just an understanding a general understanding of because humor for me is defense mechanism <laughs> right so so let me put myself in a situation where i feel like oh fuck i'm ah, ah, in trouble yeah, yeah ah. i i'm in trouble if i don't do it i will die and, right. and then <laughs> for, for me i had a very interesting sort of like transition so i started off and oh dude i have to tell you this so main hard drive uh, clear kar raha tha and i saw some really old footage dude from back in the back like when high was uh like still around and all of that stuff right so a uh, video tha dude and i saw it and i was like man this is fucking terrible right like it's all over rehearsed yeah. the lines are all yeah. like lines Chalky. they don't yeah right and your you know like when you do crowd interaction with the aim of like giving your doing your joke right after you know that shitty hey so uh, who watches porn what about you <laughs> what about you okay my joke is now <laughs> <laughs> so you know the worst is when nobody like any cricket fans here and then nobody's a cricket fan yeah. and now i am because, a cricket fan yeah, <laughs> <I am> a- <laughs> <laughs> so um So I saw that shit and I was like, man, this is fucking terrible. And that's yeah. what it was like for the from when you begin, right? And yeah. uh, so earlier I used to be a extremely written comedian, written to the point where I would write pauses. Oh, I remember. Like Neville, Neville used to make fun of me because he read one script of mine and usme likha tha, 
um good evening ladies and gentlemen he's like what the f- who the fuck writes good evening ladies and gentlemen you dumb fuck right and uh, as i told you you have to write everything you have to be prepared hey but but you know i that's the one thing i write whenever i write down a set list yeah that's the first I, thing you do that's the first thing i write still because great. otherwise i will forget great i'm so glad dude i'm yeah, so fucking glad i don't write any of my jokes down Pop. but i always write hi or good evening at the beginning yeah. at the top thank so you so much that's my time yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh so just exactly dude like to pehle mm. main wo karta tha then i started uh, the whole of anatomy of awkward i don't know how i did it but i think uh, and it was a very conscious decision but i said okay i'm not going to write a single word of this mm. and and since then now it's like now i've come to a hybrid like half right half uh, improvise wala scene and i think it's it's yeah uh, you got to find like what i found is that there are some lines that will always evo- evade you on stage and they're the more like um just the, the the you just have to like really think about a bit to get to that place yeah. and for me i can't do that on stage so i i prefer that like oh you do the thinking off stage then you leave it to your subconscious to make the joke and then nee, so, you go on stage like i have an i have an appreciation for like just certain words in order like for example my uh I like this one line I've got in a, in a bit okay where I talk about like we're living in history in our pajamas right now and and the pajamas are an incredibly deceptive piece of clothing because that motherly elastic band never lets you know that you're getting fat right it's always like are tum to healthy ho khao khao that's something that I can never do right why like because Because But you see what I'm saying about like I would I don't think that formulation I'd, requires you to sit at home or not be on stage when you formulate that sentence. I, that's what I mean. That's yeah. exactly what I mean. I, like, I would say the same sentence in half the words. Right. You know because I'm in the moment trying to get to that joke. I'd right. Say, I, and hmm. I, at least with your stand up the live stuff I've seen is that you will the the thing about live and I see what you mean that it forces you to just get them no matter how right so you will be more performing you will do whatever it takes yeah which is where the absurdity helps that's so where much. the absurdity helps and uh that's the thing so for me i i find it very like i i love this uh for me it's my favorite joke and it's not even the greatest joke of all time but i really like this mother yeah it's such a nice truth to it and it forms the exact image that i want in yeah. my head so i i enjoy that kind of thing you will and love skill uh, ko writing chahiye <laughs> Yeah, that is true. That makes sense. You will love chill hop music. I feel chill hop music. Yes, I will. I do. <laughs> yeah, because that's it's that's why I love chill hop music. Because I also get obsessed with small pieces of jazz licks, you know. And yeah. that's what chill hop is. I somebody got obsessed with one piece of piano, and then they and were just, just like kept... loop it for three minutes. Let's just keep <laughs> nice, nice. Change mm. the beats. But hey, man, I think that's that's all the questions I had for you. Fuck, it's very breezy and nice, dude. Hey, na, yeah. you didn't even pass any of them. Sometimes people pass the question. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for whatever reasons. Please tell me off, or, off camera. I will tell you off all. <laughs> off camera, I shall tell you off all. So to conclude this episode, yeah, I have this relative uh, who is now deceased. <laughs> Hey, if we set it up, we have to give it. Uh, it's you, due. you know, you don't talk about death nearly enough in your set. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, touch wood. Like, I don't have um, a lot of dead relatives that you were close. Yeah, to. and and uh, you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. It's not. 
like touched me in the visceral way that it has a lot of people and mm. i think like that's the you can't fake it you can't just be like i need to it, yeah. yeah i need to talk But, about know, it's, this it's interesting to me because hmm, okay don't take this the wrong way yeah but like bahut log ka style na ghamasan hota hai yeah like the reality they're describing is a is a virulent virulent i think is the correct word here so it's hmm. it's tumultuous it's crazy it's chaotic it's it's bare it's it's not necessarily appealing and hmm. then the fun comes out in making the unappealing appealing and hmm. palatable for hmm. the audience hmm. with your hmm. stuff it's not that you're taking unappealing things and making them more palatable hmm. you're taking subtle things and making them more apparent hmm. like the the you know the guy the guy the guy wala bit you know the guy the cool guy the from from anatomy you know the cool guy the, the cool oh, yeah, guy yeah, yeah, the yeah, bar yeah. he's the guy yeah, yeah, right yeah. right and like now you know in in my <laughs> in in my treatment of the same scenario i also noticed the guy but in my head my brain i want to i want to kill him and i would yeah. rather spend 3 minutes on killing him but you will actually dissect the the frustration that is coming of not yeah. being the guy yeah no and, and i think that's the you're absolutely right you're bang on about that because for me my whole thing of comedy and when people ask me what is the best thing about it the best thing about it for me is that i get to channelize my frustrations like you don't get to do that in your life and your job i get to do that yeah. in your job as a coder there are hundreds of things that go wrong in your life as do with everybody else but you don't get to articulate them and make other people laugh yeah and i get to do that and that's the greatest joy of it it's not anything else it's just that yaar mereko beach holiday pe maza hi nahi aaya aur fir main tere ko bataunga abhi kyun nahi no but uh, that is true also what is true is that um, for me the 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 fun of it is also in understanding why the thing is the way it is ha huh. like, yeah yeah in trying to break down and then the other thing is that uh, uh, I realized that all there's if there's one theme so far in my mm-hmm. life it is that all of it is autobiographical, <laughs> like a lot of it is, and uh, one's own life does tend to be autobiographical to oneself. Yeah, but like a lot of comics will not will veer away from it, right? They'll be like, "Ki, yeah, uh, yeah. I want to talk about uh, issues, or I want to talk about uh, you know happenings and which news." Which I think is uh, silly because I feel like if If you are personal enough, then issues will come out, and if you are genuinely interested in issues, then personal reasons for that will come out. Like it's an endless cycle, you know. Yeah, and I, I no, but I I think I've also like, uh, which is what I think the one thing that I've realized is that everything has its own space, and the beauty of it is that do that thing because that's a different perspective. Yeah. Like fuck it, just do whatever the thing that you particularly. Uh, the distinction I don't I I make is not of genre or anything. It is just of how. It's about all uh, your job as an artist is to hone your perspective until it's entirely your perspective. Hmm. Right? It is to shave off all the influences and all the stuff that's come before you and all the things just, that you imagine people yeah. will like, and just do the thing that you want to do. Right? So just make drafts. Just make drafts. Exactly. <laughs> First draft is going to be Robin Williams via Virdas, and then, <laughs> and then you you know you find yourself at the end of that line. Hey, so, I hope you do, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, and that's that's the only thing, right? Like with every successive bit, you just that's your only aim. Yeah, just to get better. Just to get better. Thanks, man. What a beautiful, wonderful, soft, nice note. See, without any dead relatives. Not not even one. 
Heartstrings have been plucked. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, man, that's that's it. There, thank you so much for being on this episode, man. Uh, too much fun. This is oh. so breezy and uh, amazing. Great, that's great, the great idea, fun. bro. <laughs> uh, uh, but hey, this podcast is is sponsored by, or rather, supported by patrons. So uh, you know, if it's still around, it's because of patrons. By the way, if you're listening to this and you're not a patron and you want to help us, there is an Insta Mojo link in the description. You can just give whatever money you want to give there. We have yeah. shut patrons for the last ten episodes because abhi main kaha naya patron ko add karu ek mahine. But uh, you can just support us there. You'll still get all the perks that all the patrons get. Um, and there's a minimum amount and all. You can see. They take it. Okay? And the next episode is the next week. And the rest of it is going on. And that's it. This is the Akash and Friends podcast. Every week, we take it for 2 hours. Today, it's going to be a big deal. And the next week, we'll take it for 2 hours. Thank you so much for watching, you guys. My name is Akash. Take care of yourself. <laughs>